0: Aloha, and welcome back to Talk Story with John Waihe'e. And as usual, every so often, I check in with my special stand-in guest, Jay Fidel. He's the guy who uh, spends a lot of time on our uh, citizen news network. And so he has a sense. He has a sense of what's happening right across the community. And so it's my pleasure from time to time to check in with him, and as we were chatting uh, earlier today, we were talking about a uh, some recent articles that uh, were in uh, of our news media, and they were talking about how Hawaii's political system may be broken. Now, it just so happened that he and I have become uh, you know have had a number of chats Jay and I have a number of chats about the, the the how the thing seems to be broken on the national level as well and so that you know it, the subject interests me and, and and it's in some senses very specific because when you talk to people they'll tell you this and that this, and yet in other senses it seems to be so amorphous. And something that needs to be changed. So, so Jay, okay, welcome. Good to have you back again. Thank you. I, I I wanted to start today actually with the with the federal government, you know, because I, I spend very little time uh, myself talking to people about that. But I, I read a lot, and it, and it seems that um, I don't know. It just. <laughs> We had a president who was driving at least me crazy. uh, And then he lost the election. And he's still driving me crazy. And we still don't seem to have gotten rid of uh, the kinds of things that are percolating up there. So what's your impression? I mean, where are we? Well, I think we're at the edge of a cliff. And uh, we're, you know,
1: at great risk of falling down that cliff any day.
0: Okay, so uh, when, when, you you edge of, when you say edge of a cliff, um, what, what do you mean? Like the country book? Uh, what, I, I have to tell you what I have. I have a sense that we are standing at the edge of the cliff. I just don't know when I look down what's, you know, what's down there or what I'm falling off of. Uh, uh, I
1: am I, um, reminded of uh, a conversation I had with um, uh, an African guy from Rwanda. Mm. And, okay. uh, I you know, we're talking about genocide. And so I said to him, uh, you know, gee, uh, that, I guess that's what happens when the government fails and people are divided and they go after each other. And he said, no, no, he didn't think the government failed at all. Um, In Rwanda, the government was still in place. It's just that the people who were the officials in the government um, had become interested in their own, you know, their own silo, their own self-interest. They were corrupt. And, um, you know, what happened at the end of the day is uh, they had to distract the people out there in order to avoid the the hot light of, of, you know, public information about that corruption. So what they did is they divided the people into the Hutus and the Tutsis, okay, which was an artificial division. Um, and, um, and then they uh, encouraged them to kill each other. And in fact, the government actually uh, helped kill people on both sides. And after a while, wow. it, be, it became uh, you know, kind of an occupation. What are you gonna do today? Oh, I'm gonna go kill somebody. Um, and the whole country was involved in
0: this killing. And and this so, is this what they had fostered. This is two racial, uh, two different tribes. Not really. Uh, no, no. They were
1: actually. Uh, I don't think it was a long-term kind of division. Uh, I asked him. You know, did the, did the Belgians create this? He No, no. This was, this is some sort of very artificial division, and it had something to do with economics. Uh, farmers and ranchers you know something really not all that consequential um and 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 yet they they wound up killing each other um so anyway so here's where the conversation went and i I am answering your question um so um the government had failed i'm sorry the government had not failed but the officials had failed uh and they wanted to distract people so they caused the genocide And, and and that was to their interest because then they could you know, keep on with the corruption and, uh, and they could, um, you know, keep operating their own self-interest. And he's, he lives here, he's kind of an exile, he lives in the United States. Uh, and uh, he said, and I didn't say it, he said, you know, this kind of thing is happening in the U.S. too. There are so many officials in the federal government anyway who are self-interested and who are corrupt. And who can't tell the truth they're unable to tell the truth but they have to distract the people and so they create the division and and when that doesn't work so well anymore uh when people are not so distracted you know anymore uh then they will you know they will raise the heat and create greater distraction and foment unrest and violence And that's the way this process works. And you know, you can't really make a distinction between what happened in Rwanda in Africa and what could happen here in the U.S. We are.
0: Oh, that is spooky. Yeah. That that is spooky. I mean, that's darker than I I I thought. You know, and and so in a way, but Rwanda wasn't the only place. I mean, in a sense, that's what uh, Hitler did with the Jews. He needed a distraction, and so he he put one together. In that case, he, you know, and they had scapegoats. They had scapegoats all over the place. In America, we seem to be having more division than ever, and I I don't know whether it's being deliberately done by people inside the government as well as uh, as well as people outside. Uh, in the same sense as Rwanda, what the consequences are the same. Consequences are the, the, the divisions actually seem to be distracting us from solving problems. <laughs> I mean, it, it seems like, for example, in Congress, it, it's, there was a time when Congress, when the, the, the both sides tried to find a common middle. And now it seems like the way to power is to uh, get power is to just divide people. And it, I don't, I, I don't know, Jay. It's it's nasty. I, I was reading uh, every day. You read some article on uh, about racial tensions in, in America, and how, for example, uh, there was a, a recent article about uh, uh, students who flew the Confederate flag, and uh, I think it was one of the southern states, Tennessee or something, and uh, other students protested, and the protesters got uh, suspended, and the people who flew the flags didn't, and all of this stuff. But the difference is, at one time in our lives, that that uh, would only have been news in Tennessee. But now the whole nation knows it, and so Everything is more divisive. I, I don't know what, what's your sense of all of that? You know, where is all of this going?
1: I, I don't know how we got to where we are. It's very hard from a, an historic point of view, an historic analysis to figure out where we are uh, and, and rather how we got here. Uh, but one very interesting commentator was the, uh, the Bernstein in, in um, you know, Carl Bernstein um uh, and um he, he hasn't written a book like his partner uh, woodruff but but he um he he certainly has spoken about what's happening and his latest comments um you know revolve around the notion that we are having a civil war and and we are or arguably in a coup i think he said that we're in a coup we have some people want to you know, take over the government illegally, without relying on the constitution or the rule of law. They just want to take it over by any means.
0: And I think you, you can know, see that. You can see that, and, and it seems like uh, it seems to me like we uh, we can say that we are in a, in some senses, in a cultural war, in a war where there really is two two Americas. In and uh, and because of that, because it's tied to something else than our own freedom or our families as a whole, it, it, and it, and in the belief system, what I'm sensing is that it some the norms no longer seem to exist. In other words, we are right, so we need to prevail at, 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 in, in under any circumstances and. I don't know about you, Jay, but it seems like there seems to be an undercurrent which I never in my life thought I would see happen in America. And that is the idea that uh, maybe we ought to try a little totalitarianism for a while, you know? uh, Maybe we ought to have some, uh, we ought to have a, a situation where winner takes all and the rest of you that don't agree, tough luck, you know? Uh, we see it on the right uh, with uh, our former president going around and still insisting he won an election uh, and, and some of his support. We see it on the left who are saying, you know, um, not, as, not as, maybe not as uh, dramatically as the former president, but it, it, they're going around and basically saying, look, I'm tired of these idiots You know who believe differently than me on on thing on cultural issues, and we ought to get into a situation where one vote will wipe them out. You know, and 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 then we have a president who looks awful weak because he's trying to balance the whole thing. I don't know. This is my. Well, you know, I
1: think that the measure is: do people have confidence in the government? Do people think the government is able to, you know, uh, solve their problems? I'm reminded of the 30s in this country where, you know, we had a depression and there was soup lines and people starving, middle class, formerly middle class people uh, starving. Um, And uh, there there grew up a right wing um, constituency that 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 was uh, that favored the Nazis, that favored totalitarianism. There was a substantial number of people uh, in the East Coast who who went to Nazi rallies in the 30s on a number of occasions. Madison Square Garden in New York was filled the place, um, wow. and, there, and there was the swastika, you know, on the stage, and the Nazis had come from Germany to show the way. Um, bottom line is, I think, when when people do no longer believe that the government can solve the problems of the state, um, that's when they consider other options like this. That's when they consider throwing out the baby with the bath.
0: There seems to be that 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 drift toward totalitarianism, though, not only here uh, but across the planet. You know, you, you got that going on in various other countries as well. It, it, you know, the, the, the desire for a strong leader, the desire for, you know, straightening things out. And which brings us really, you know, cause you and I can do that for a while, but it brings us to what are some of the causes that led up to this? I know you and I were talking today earlier about like how our government, <laughs> over the years, have been taught. I've been caught telling lies. We actually lied, and the difference is people found out about it, start not to trusting it, not to trust them, and and then begin uh, reacting. We got a one minute break at this time, but when we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about how the government got caught telling its own lies over not only one side or the other but oh just you know in, uh, in various times yeah. and uh, maybe start to apply this to the malaise that appears to be happening in Hawaii today and yeah. we'll end up uh, in this state yeah. so here we go uh, we got a short little uh, message for everyone out there thank you Aloha, I'm Joshua Cooper and welcome to Cooper Union. We look at what's happening with human rights around the world. And we invite you to tune in every Tuesday where we feature the voices of the people from the front lines sharing the struggles for self-determination, for the importance of sustainability and solidarity with one another to make the world a better place for all of humanity. If you can't catch it live, you can also look at thinktechhawaii.com, as well as on Vimeo and many other places to catch the amazing shows where we hear from authors, activists, academics, analysts, and artists who are contributing to positive social change around the planet. Alohia me kapono. Thank you for joining us for Justice. And welcome back to Talk Story with John Wahee and our regular check in guy, Jay Fidel. So here we are, Jay. We're, we're just talking about what may have led to the brokenness that we see in, in, in the United States today. And one of the causes appears to be the fact that people, that leaders, that our leaders got caught telling lies. And in this modern day and age, when that happens, it, Goes right across. Everybody knows about it now. I'm not just talking about Donald Trump, who we uh, actually people documented him telling 40,000 lies. In some respects, he told so many that it no longer became interesting. But uh, but, but starting with with uh, our entrance into the the wars in the desert. I mean, we went into Iraq. Oh, starting a- before that, John. Starting in Vietnam. Yeah, that Vietnam was a huge, big lie. Vietnam was a lie, yes, and and we kept clinging to it for some reason, and uh, and you know, and and in fact, it might have been the first uh, big lie that the whole country knew about. You know that this was not something that we we did things that we uh, we 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 uh, uh, really weren't able to justify in, in terms of uh, what we were there for. And, and so we start with that, and it seems to trickle on, you know. And the Iraqi war, I mean, the, the line that comes to me, the clearest, which is something you mentioned in our earlier conversations, was the idea of um, weapons of mass destruction. In fact, uh, I, I understand, I, I'm not. I don't know, it's on Netflix or something, there's a show. You know, there's a movie called Official Secrets.
1: In 1989, the UK passed the Official Secrets Act. And the movie is, um, it's a documentary, essentially, a um, docudrama, whatever, based on true story of a woman who, uh, she was a small town girl, came to London and worked in a a government office there. And across her desk was a memorandum from the American administration to Tony Blair, uh, which talked about weapons of mass destruction, um, but which also, you know, uh, scared her because she knew that uh, this was not true and, um, and, uh, and that they were trying to get Blair, who was apparently willing to go along with it, um, to join them, the, the Americans in the war. And so she turned this over illegally uh, to a, uh, a peace, uh, you know, peace activist organization and it got to make the front page and so forth. Well, they arrested her and charged her with uh, revealing uh, official secrets. And this is the story of her, uh, her decision to do that. She confessed to doing it, uh, but she argued that the war itself was illegal and therefore she was, um, you know, duty bound, conscience bound um, to reveal it. Uh, At the end, the Crown um, did not prosecute her because it was politically disadvantageous for them to do that. Bottom line is the US was engaged in a great big lie and trying to get other people
0: like Blair to join them in the lie. But do you know the consequences of all of this? I mean, from Vietnam. I mean, you see the, the World War II was like, you know, the clean war. I mean, though it was like in my mind anyway, a justified Although regrettable situation. I mean, it was justified. you know and then you come to like Vietnam, and it gets to be questionable. And then you get to Iraqi, and there's a lie. And then all of a sudden, we're spending years in places like uh, Iran, I mean uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. And then when we pull out, we just, we, you just walk away and thousands of people have died. Thousands. Of, and it was what, for? you got to ask yourself for what, you know? And it's, I, I think this under, uh, under uh, just underscores some of the, the, the trauma that leads us to today. Um, but, you know, bringing all of this home. Okay, here we are. So wait, one more point,
1: though, John, you know, deep in the American culture, American history is this notion of exceptionalism, the United States, because of its constitution, its democracy, its, uh, its, its melting pot, you know, social experience, its business acumen, all those things is exceptional and that we, we have seen ourselves as, as the best country on earth. My mother told me that every day when I was growing up. Thank goodness you live in the best country on earth. So I think a lot of people have believed this over their lives that, uh, about in, exceptionalism. And when you find out that in fact you're not exceptional, when you find out that the country is incompetent in some areas, it, 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 its system actually doesn't solve problems, um, that it is making mistakes in various ways, that it is losing ground in the, in the geopolitical competition. You say, hey, they were lying to us. It's the same sort of thing. They told us we were exceptional. We're not exceptional. And then you become discouraged.
0: Yeah, I, I, I absolutely, absolutely believe that. Because, and, and Well, I think two things happen. I think a lot of people in general, most people in general just get discouraged. But then again, I think you also have people who refuse to believe that that was a lie. I mean, for their own minds sake, they got to still cling on to the idea that we are still exceptional. We are, and then you have others who want to exploit that—that that, 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 that fact that maybe things are not the same. And the same thing, you know, I, I wanna bring some of this home with the time that we got left. And, and it seemed when you, when I was growing up in Hawaii, this is paradise. This is, uh, you know, the place where everything was perfect. Uh, your legislature, I I I came up and um, grew up during the time when after the democratic revolution of 1954, the bad guys had been taken out, the plantations were gone, the uh, Democrats were going to get in there, we're going to have social reform, we're going to have a great society, and, and all the le- all the rest of it. And it's been over 50 years, and the same malaise is taking place in Hawaii in its own way that may be taking, gripping the rest of, the, uh, of of the United States. And you know you got to wonder, how does this all happen? Where, where does Where do people get into the situation where they just don't feel like anybody knows where we're going?
1: Well, I think, you know, Hawaii is a, a special situation, a special case, because it's an island state and it's 2,500 miles from the mainland. And we have this um, sort of, um, what do you want to call it, a complicated relationship with the mainland. I mean, some things we see as cargo cult in the sense that we're, if it's from. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great description. By the way. If it's from the mainland, it must be good.
0: Yeah, uh, which, yeah, which is
1: often wrong, often wrong. But but we do have that. The other the other is the, the flip side is uh, you know paranoia. If it's from the mainland, it must be bad. Uh, yeah, you know we hate those speak. people. Yeah, 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 right. Not fit for the local for local consumption. So and, and so we you know sometimes we are right about these things. This this, this uh, you know this this dual dual you know, decision process. And sometimes we are wrong about it. Um, But I think ultimately uh, we are infected by what happens on the mainland. So they got the anti-vaxxers on the mainland. Before you know it, there's somebody in front of the state capitol with a protest about anti-vaxxers. My goodness, that's not locally grown at all. Uh, That that comes directly from the mainland. Yeah,
0: The local... (laughs) If we do our own history, the local response is the exact opposite. The, the, the pe- because of Hawaii's experience in the 1800s with infectious diseases, Hawaii has always been uh, actually in the forefront of getting things vaccinated. But yeah, we we seem to get infected with 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 all these various movements, you know, and um, which is good in some respects, you, you know it. in in some respects, for example, getting infected by Martin Luther King created the foundation for the Hawaiian uh, movement. Yeah, that's true. You know, and and the like. Um, On the other hand, you know, there is this perception that we, we have to put up with anything economic that comes out of the mainland. I mean, you know, we start building houses. That more and more and more more, more more and more um, and more. And you got to wonder what happens to the people that don't get the more. You know, don't get the more. I, I think I, I look at Kaka'ako and and, and uh, in some respects, it's beautiful and it's a great place to go. And it's a and yet I wonder, you know, why why we have this we have all these people living on the streets. It, and I think people, I think that juxtaposition sort of affects how people think about how government's doing as well. Cool.
1: Well, I think we're on a kind of um, cliff here too, don't you think? I mean, we have those blue tents. We have people who have dropped out. Um, we, have, we have people who don't have any money, no prospects. Um and at the same time we have multi-millionaires uh you know, one of those uh, condos in one of the Howard Hughes buildings went for almost a hundred million dollars John uh and, wow. and they're they're way up high looking down on the on the blue tents. there's such a tremendous disparity when you were younger when I came here in the 60s, um there was the disparity they didn't have a disparity like that no, no. everybody got it along was... better we, it was all. You know, we're we're in this thing together,
0: not now. And, and at the same time, we we are trying to do so much to protect the islands, and and so we're setting up these regulations, and so forth, which I, not against, but it seems that every time we do something like that, we start spreading people farther and farther apart. Uh, by that I mean, for example, the, there are t- hundreds of stories similar to this one in Hawaii, but I. The story I have for my own family was that uh, when a family, a Japanese family was kicked off the plantation for organizing and, and they had no place else to live, they walked over to my grandfather and he says, Bill on my yard, you know? But there was no regulations telling them they couldn't build a house on his yard. You see what I'm saying? And when I was growing up, people put up shacks on the beach because that's where they wanted to live and everything else all along the big island along Kauai High. But you see, you can't do all of that anymore. And some of that maybe you know, I don't know the answers to all of this, Jay. And, um, and one of the questions we got as we are ending this, uh, <laughs> <as we laughs> which is a logical question is as we are ending this episode is what are we all gonna do about it? So I'll ask you that, and then I'll sort Okay. Quick.
1: Well, my, my law
0: firm had a, uh, an advisor,
1: a friend of all of us years ago, and um, he was taken off on a trip. Uh, so we were at the, you know, the, the board of directors uh, table there, and we, we wanted to sort of get his best advice while he was on the trip. And I said to him, <clears throat> what's your advice what shall we think about while you're gone and he said be decent and kind to each other yeah. that you start there and everything else will follow and i don't see as much decency and kindness as i would like to see in state or county government i'm sorry
0: yeah and 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 i think that's really good advice and and I just wanted to, and then the other side of decency and kindness, though, because this is what my dad, my dad told me when I was growing up. You know, he said, "Son, I'll give you some advice." He said, "Son, it, we we in Hawaii, we try to do things the Hawaiian way, you know, aloha and work things out, be nice, and so forth." But then he says, "You know, there comes a certain point when you just gotta go do what's right and kick some butt." So if we don't like what's going on in Hawaii, guys, get up, participate, don't stand down, stand up and talk up. And, you know, do it in a way that it brings people, maybe be able to bring people together, but ultimately we all got to stand for what we believe.
1: Yeah, I think that points out a very important point. uh, And I like to express it and see if you agree with me. And that is this, you know, there's a social compact. Uh, nationally, the social compact where everybody agrees this is our country and we will work together to make it thrive and and make it work best. Um, and we're all committed to that. It's, it's, our, it's ours. It's a proprietary thing and we will, mm, it's a social compact. It's an agreement. And the same thing at the state level, there's a fundamental agreement. We're going to work together. We're going to be decent and kind but we're also gonna be you know, in this agreement to do it better. And, and I think that somewhere over the, the last couple generations, we've, we've lost that, partly because we don't trust government. We find that they lie to us, uh, partly because um, you know, it's just it's too hard and we'd rather go back to our own silo. Um, but it's better, however advanced you know, the society is, however you know, technological it is. However, it's different than a way, you know, it used to be. This change is inevitable. You've got to belly up to the society, to the agreement, to the social compact. And if you do that, if everybody gets on board with that, we'll all do better.
0: Well, our time is up and I'm getting all the signals. I want to thank my special friend and occasional guest, Jay Fidel and thank all of you for uh, tuning in to this program. We could be going on for another hour or so, but unfortunately we are out of time. Aloha everybody and mahalo for listening.